0: Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now, your host, Mark Stoner.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stoner, coming to you from the hearth patio barbecue association event in atlanta this year it's nice to have a a show finally to to go to without all the covid restrictions and you know by most accounts it's a well-attended show we've got our metal fabrication company here as a new vendor we have a new app out for chimney caps called the cap app c-a-p-a-p-p and uh chimney cap builder if you want to look at it on the app store or google play store uh, we just rolled that out it's a pretty simple process um, we got some more things to add into it and build into it as we go but it's out but this week, uh, I missed last week. I apologize. Uh, just some things are getting away from me, but I had a really great conversation on my Surefire Live talk with a uh, fellow chimney guy, Jasper Drangler, he has got a really great story. And I just wanted to share his story. It's about an hour long, so it's a two for one. And I think you're going to get a lot out of this talk. Uh, he's very transparent, very humble, uh, a lot of great ideas, and an entrepreneur at heart and a giving person. So I uh, hope you guys like it. It, and I'll come to you after the talk is over. Hey there. Welcome back to Surefire Live. Thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, tonight we have a special guest, friend, longtime friend of mine, Jasper Drangler. a uh, very interesting guy, a guy I've known for a while, seen him grow up a lot in this business. And uh, I think you're really going to enjoy his story, and I think you're really gonna enjoy his heart for people and for this business. So I'm excited to talk to him. Um Couple things uh thank you for all of you that attended the maca business symposium it was a It was a great success. We had a really nice group of people on uh Zoom that came in and then we also had a really great audience uh had very good speakers and uh the audience with a lot of participation even on zoom also their auction. A uh, lot of vendors gave a lot to that um, industry group and people that I think they raised the most money they'd ever raised. So really a great overall event. Congratulations to Macca for putting that on, especially Jim Bostaff and uh, Chuck Hall. Those guys really did a great job at the whole. And also uh, Brian Whitaker, if you're watching, he was my he was my buddy the whole time. And we we made a lot of fun. And, and he, thank God for Brian Whitaker for making that thing happen. So a very successful event. Uh, also, just coming up, for those of you uh, that want the next business symposium will be at my shop in Nashville at Ashbusters. Busters. Uh, we're going to have it on June 9th and 10th. We're going to have uh, some similar speakers, but some new speakers, and it kind of rotates around. And uh, that'll be June 9th and 10th. Some details to come, so uh, we will uh, let you know more on that. Lastly, the dates have been uh, announced for the sweepaway Cancer Rally. And that is going to be on May 20th and 21st. That'll be in the Smoky Mountains. This will probably be the last year we do it at the same place. We're, we're going to do it for many more years, but we've been in the same place for a couple of years. A lot of people really like it. It's a beautiful ride, but I think it's about our fourth year there. So we're going to move to a new location and uh, we'll give you more dates and, and links to come to that or support it as you can. So with that, um, you know, I don't know if you've been. Watching, I'm sure you have. Everybody's been watching this Ukraine thing, and I'm just fascinated by it. And I know there's a State of the Union thing tonight, and who knows what that's gonna what's gonna happen with that. But your heart goes out to the the people of Ukraine, and um, I just, you know, I'm cheering for them, and I want to support them. And there's all this politics in the way, and you know we we know we could go in there and just fix help this thing, and you know, with the power of our military, and you see all those trucks lining up. You're like, man, an A10 Warthog would just take care of that problem and save these people. And and maybe that's just me. Maybe I don't understand everything, but man, my heart is. I'll be watching this stuff and just be. Just my heart just goes out to these people, man. I I love seeing them fight. Well, I hate I hate that they're fighting, but I'm I feel so energized by what they're doing. And it was just uh it's just it's terrible. And and I I just wish we could do more. So with that not with that, but speaking of big hearts, I'm going to bring on a guy, uh, Jasper, right now. So here he comes. Hey, Jasper. Hey, Mark. How you doing tonight? I'm great, man. How, thank you for joining me. I know you're busy. You're down in Atlanta at HPPA. I'm going to see you there tomorrow. I thought I was going to be there tonight. We we're going to do this side by side, but I, I had some things come up. So uh, what are you doing in Atlanta? Well, obviously, I got up at midnight uh, to
0: drive down here just so I'd be in time to see you. I could have left later and oh no you know been arriving later but that's all right i'll get to see you tomorrow yeah um i just now noticed my beard has surpassed you in gray i used to say i was doing the mark stoner but now i'm i might be pushing almost the darren bibu grayness here
1: there's some gray coming in hard all around man it's coming it's this covid stress i guess but i I feel it (laughs) yeah did you have covid
0: i I don't think i did i've I don't know if I did. I, I was sick a number of times. I've probably had twenty uh, tests since this all started. I think uh, Alan Rush is the only person I know that actually travels more than me. So I, I'm so sick, of getting my nose swabbed, and yeah. Um, but I never stopped traveling. My daughter and I have traveled most of the world since COVID started. Flights were cheap. You know, we just enjoyed
1: it. Yeah, I noticed that. I, you know, I see your Facebook, and you're really uh, doing great stuff with your kids and your family, and and uh for all around so you know for those that don't know you um uh just give people an introduction to who you are and 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 what you do so my name is jasper Dringler. i currently
0: run a company called chimney mechanics um i originally took the csa test for the very first time in 1998 and uh since then i now have all the masters in the industry uh four of them total um I was a really dumb chimney sweep for a long time. Uh, Technically, I knew what I was doing. Um, It took about six, seven years before I would say actually kind of knew sort of what I was doing. Uh, But I knew nothing about running a business. So I made every mistake. Um, You know, uh, 2005 went out on my own. Uh, 2010, I had just one employee Um, and kind of stagnant there for a number of years. And uh, I, My life kind of changed. Well, I think it was 2013 or 14 uh, at that Puerto Rico event, Lindemann University, um, where suddenly I realized I need to stop screwing around and actually run a business uh, instead of just letting it control my life. Um, At that time, I was uh, serving as the Wisconsin Guild president. Uh, I later ended up serving in Region 5 for NCSG and all the way up to the presidency until they kicked me out after eight years. But the last couple of years, it's kind of putting all the pieces together that I I knew what I should have been doing, all the lessons I learned from others before me, and uh, business has blown up. Um, I now have something over 20 employees. Um, I've got some management tiers. Um, We're just growing at a crazy rate. So we've grown so much in the last year that my warehouse manager kicked all my racing stuff out of the shop and I had to go find another building
1: i dude i love that i remember i remember seeing you in puerto rico i remember you being all in and really focused on what everybody was saying and uh and and really i mean i didn't know you much before that but watching you grow and you know you're also very open with your mistakes too is where is where i think that helps a lot of people relate and um I, you know, I think, you know, it seemed like a while back, if I can remember, I never heard guys really talk about mistakes. They just always seemed to talk about what they knew and what they did. And man, when I was going through it, I'm like, man, I guess I'm the only one screwing this up this bad. And and I know, you know, you, you also are very open and humble. And I remember um, a few months ago, you did a, a Facebook post and it was like late at night. You had worked like, I don't know, 36 hours and... And, you know, talked about some things, some bad things that happened. A guy quit. I can't remember the details, but I remember going, that's a tough day he's working through. And just talk about, maybe talk about what you you did right and maybe some things you didn't do right or should have done sooner. So what I should have done sooner, um, the biggest,
0: my biggest enemy is myself, right? I can give advice all day long. I could tell you how to start the perfect chimney company. And grow it as fast as you want. Right. Yeah. Um. I very much now face this uh, business and industry as I could lose everything tomorrow and do it a whole lot faster from scratch compared to what I'm doing right now. Um. Right. In 2016, I fired everybody. Yeah. Um, you, know you did? Yeah. 2016, everyone got fired. A couple uh, are back now. But, you know, I, I rebuilt it again. And what I did write was listen to other, start listening to other people's experiences. So I remember uh, Mark chatting with you at the Warrior Horse Conference, and I was telling you about my latest tax problem. Okay. And it was a six-figure issue. Um, I wrote the last check. That's, that's done. I finally have that cleared up. Um, I hired a new tax attorney, a new tax accountant since then. We're never going to have that problem again. But it, was, uh, it all came down to use tax not being right, uh, some DMV issues, and I me mean, just being stupid, right? Not keeping track of stuff the way I should. So um, I've told a couple other people that you, you, as soon as you start a business, get the best accountant you can afford and audit them regularly. Don't be afraid to change. Um, that's one of the biggest things. In this business, as the company grows, everything has to be upgraded, right? Yeah. So when, when you start out, uh, the accountants that you have, the attorneys that you have when you're a small business, aren't the same people that you need when you're bigger. So true. Um, you know, and that's one of the other things, Mark, that I think people look at you or uh, Mr. Hall or other people with big businesses is I always want to remind people that one of the most amazing about this industry is you can be any size you want. Uh, there are a lot of people that are perfectly content being mom and pops. They don't want to grow. Um, I chose to grow because I want my freedom, you know, much like you'd rather play with guitars and chocolate and go barbecue. I'd rather go play with race cars. Right. So I I love that. um, In order to do what I really want to do in life, I have to be able to afford it and I have to have the time. And I'm really blessed at this point in my life to value my time more than anything else. You know, two of my kids are adults now and uh, I'm, Blessed to have the relationship with my kids that I didn't necessarily have with my father um my kids are my two oldest kids are adults, and they are choosing to still live with me like they they want to be there um you know mark i I read your book more than once, and there's so many similarities for instance uh my son is horrible at chimneys <laughs> horrible the the worst. we couldn't everyone kept telling me fire him fire him fire him get rid of him so now that my son found a job that he likes and a different career path he's my son again we don't get home and butt heads about what happened at work all day um and i you know i i woke up at midnight to leave he had just gotten home from his job i gave him a big old hug you know he's my kid again i love it and then (laughs) you'll appreciate this mark so um I think you listened to the video where I said my daughter's going to Hawaii for college. Yeah. So, um, I keep my political views very close to my, my chest. Um, Michael Jordan once said he never says who he backs publicly because he, everyone buys shoes. So he never wants to piss anyone off. So yeah. let's just say my daughter's political views are exactly the opposite of mine. <laughs> and, uh, wants to go get her MBA, run her own business. And the, the artsy parts of her. Like I, you know, I follow your daughter on Facebook. Oh my God. I think my daughter is your daughter's younger sister at times the way she looks at the world and and sees it. And, uh, but my daughter very much knows that she's getting some opportunities that she wouldn't have if dad didn't work his ass off for so many years.
1: Let's say that real quick. So, you know, I remember a time when I could not do all the cool things for my kids I can do now. And I remember a time when my son and I were with skiing and I couldn't afford much. We went skiing. I was broke. It was me and my son. I think he was like eight years old and I didn't really have the money. I remember us like getting snacks and eating on the trash can while we were like, and then I remember one time specifically going into, I didn't realize it was a nice restaurant. I walked in, we had our bibs and our ski, we looked rough and you may have heard the story, but I, um, and it said mountain grill or mountain, so- and it looked like, you know, on the top of a ski resort, a regular place. Well, we opened the first set of doors. There's another set of doors with big wooden doors. I'm like, uh oh. They opened the second set of doors, and there are people there in, you know, white coats. Well, come right out. I said, man, we're in the wrong place. I'm sorry. We got down, We and then we, they set us down, and we're all sweaty headed, and everybody else is dressed up. And I'm like, we are in the wrong place. We looked at the menu. And I said, "Bud, we can't afford anything on this menu." I said, "We got to get the so we got water and barley soup, (laughs) and we got out of there." And I and those kids, my kids, remember that. I kept saying, "This is going to work. This is going to work." And they had faith, but they also weren't seeing a lot of results early on. Did you have, you know, your kids have come a long way with you? Now I see you traveling with them. Talk about that a little bit, see, seeing your transition for, through your kids. So there's there's two different sides
0: of it. So I've got two adult children I've got two younger kids now. Okay. And my older kids don't remember how dirt poor dad was. So a quick comment to that. When I hit rock bottom, I didn't have a house. When you hit rock bottom, at least you had a couch to get mended on. And I really attribute um, the way our businesses have turned out to the fact that we hit rock bottom. We're not afraid to go back there again and we will leave there a lot faster because we had nothing to lose right yes. when you've got nothing to lose you're willing to take out that stupid loan you're willing to risk everything because why not what are they going to do i remember a creditor calling saying it was going to dig my credit and i laughed <laughs> credit go for it bud you know you heard a 400
1: credit score <laughs>
0: <laughs> i've had lower than that man um but no so my older kid's it dawned on me at one point, they had, don't remember how poor mom and dad were. And, uh, you know, living, um, I've been married more than once. And the uh, the way that my children's mother lives is not at all the way I live. Um, our values aren't the same. Amazing mothers. My children's mothers are both amazing mothers. They've made sure that my kids have always been clothed really well, a roof over their heads, uh, physically taken care of. But the way we look at the world just isn't exactly the same. We get along great living in separate houses, right? Amazing co-parents. I'm really blessed and all of that. But the kids didn't remember some of that stuff. So there's times where I'll be riding along somewhere, or going on a plane, and I'll tell them a story. And they're like, really? Really, Dad? Um, and, you know, in your, your comment about the ski resort, so I'm not in a truck full time anymore. I'm only in the truck eight days a week lately because I, I enjoy it. Right. Yeah. But, um, I was in Indianapolis last week and I was hungry and I was dirty. I went through a, a fire investigation, trying to figure out how the fire started. And I'm covered in crap insulation. I just looked disgusting, but I was hungry and I wanted to eat at a certain restaurant. The restaurant closed or the kitchen closed 15 minutes after I got there. And I was treated a little bit rude. And uh, not so nice, and uh, I kind of just smiled and laughed and walked out after not getting served my meal. I just had to slam a drink. So I'm gonna go back there a little dressed up in a, in a, next week when I'm back in Indy, and I'm gonna try to find that same waitress, and uh, we're gonna have a conversation, right? Um, and my employees to this day, um, they'll we'll have stories, and they'll be like. Uh, they'll want to buy a new piece of equipment, and I'll tell them a the story. Like, you know, there was a time we couldn't buy this, guys. Like, I had that, I had that conversation today. <laughs> so, it, it's it's unbelievable what we've done. Um, so a little secret. Um, kind of saw the writing was on the wall with supplies this year, and uh, this spring I maxed out all of my personal credit cards because you know I don't care about my personal credit rating, and I filled a building with stainless steel and aluminum. And a number of my competitors are aware of this, and I turned into a little bit of a supplier. I made a couple bucks, but uh, by the time I paid off those credit cards, the amount of money I saved on the in, or i saved on the increase in price um, uh, was great. A lot less than what I had to pay in the interest, so that was a fabulous year. We almost never ran out of material this year. You, so, that, was that was fun. Yeah. Um. But it, it's been a roller coaster. And, um, one thing that I've been very conscious to do the whole time is to always give back, right? Like you were one of the guys I looked up to. And I think it was mostly because you weren't that much older than me. Right. Um, now I, you don't look that much older than me now, but you weren't a dinosaur, right? You weren't one of my dad's buddies. And that was always something that I I really was irritated with because I started my own company. Um, well, let's talk about that
1: for a second. Your dad was in the chimney business. Did you work with him? And then how did how did you transfer into your own business? So um, I took the
0: certification test in 1998. I was still in high school, working for my dad part time. Um, I graduated high school, and chimneys are stupid. I don't want to work on chimneys. I, I just want to go wrench on cars, right? <laughs> nobody but, wants to at first. <laughs> yeah, nobody in school wanted to go work on chimneys, right? I wanted to be an auto mechanic. That made more sense. So uh, lo and behold, um, a couple of bad life decisions later, and I've got a baby on the way. And uh, my dad's like, you can make more money working for me. And no, no I don't, I'm not gonna work on chimneys. That's not fun. So what I do a couple of weeks go by, he's like, come into the office and see what we can pay you. Wow. Wow. That's double what I'm making now. And I'm broke. So uh, I went out and I I got certified um, and I started working for him full time. And uh, back then we had a training wage and I still, that's how I pay my guys. Now you get a training wage until you're certified. um, And then as soon as your commission is higher than your training wage, you're on commission and you're there for life. It's sink or swim. My very first day in the field in 2001, as a certified technician working for America's Best, I made almost 800 bucks. That was a lot of money back then. (laughs) Still not a bad rate
1: today. That's a good
0: day. day day. to still make that today. But it was a 14-some hour day. I ended up doing the neighbors of multiple customers. It was just a record-setting day across the company. And I walked in the office the next morning and I proudly told my mom's uh, assistant, uh, I'm on commission now. She hated me. Uh, to this day, that lady still hates me, even though her son works for me. That's another story. But, um, so I worked for America's best for a number of years and then the company, uh, got sold. Uh, okay. I got fired and rehired a couple times in there cause I'm a horrible employee, <laughs> horrible. I'm unemployable actually. And, uh, Anybody that's left from the mixed group that my dad was in back then would tell you the same. Never hire Jasper. It's not going to work out good. So Bill Hustle in Milwaukee bought the company out. And uh, Bill Hustle was obviously told I was bad news. uh, So that lasted 24 hours. So I said, I'm going to show all of you that I can do this on my own, right? Because I'm smart and cocky and really stupid. It didn't work. I lost everything. Oh dang! Um, I ended up going through my first divorce in that time period. I went to work at a company called Carver Yachts. They make uh, ships, yachts, beautiful boats, and I absolutely loved the work I did there. I learned how to do uh, low voltage and high voltage electrical work. Um, at the time they were hiring me, they actually sold a boat with a fireplace on it. And had nobody to actually do that, so I had a, I was a shoe in for that job. So I I put a fireplace in a boat It actually got shipped off to Russia. It might be sunk this week, but um, I lasted six months uh, at Carver Yachts. And while I was there, everyone that works there is uh, close to the same pay rate. You know, no one's getting filthy rich working there. It's always a pipe dream to work to own all these boats one day. And uh, so I lasted six months. I got fired. Um, I fought and won them in court for unemployment because I think I was one of the only employees to ever read the employee manual cover to cover. In all my experience watching my parents go through struggles like that with employees, uh, the first day that we got hired, we, had to, we were told to rip the back page out of the employee handbook, sign it, and hand it in. Well, I read it before I signed it. It says, I've read this entire book and will follow everything in it. So I made sure to read the book. The book wow. is basically a step-by-step on how to get fired and how to win an unemployment court. So I, I won. And when I started Chimney Mechanics uh, all over again, um, I used my unemployment checks and I, I did all the crappiest cash jobs you could think of ever uh, to make it work. I realized uh, I needed to make money, I needed to support my family, um, I needed to not be a loser. And, uh, I still had hot hobbies like cars. Um, I swear if I could have been smart like you and set the cars aside for it for years and just worked hard on the business, (laughs) I would be racing Ferraris instead of BMWs right now. Um, but I didn't, I still dabbled in the cars. Uh, and then I just kind of floundered for a number of years, uh, until we, you know, got to where we're at now. So a really cool thing was, uh, Last fall, I when I paid cash for a Carver yacht, I yeah, found no one for kidding. sale and I paid cash for it. That so is it's, That's yeah, it, point it, point. I'm renting, I as an Airbnb, again, copying somebody else in the industry who has Airbnbs. Um, I was trading notes with uh, your daughter on designing it one day and she wanted to trade some properties. Yeah. But um, So yeah, so I bought a Carver yacht. Wow! Uh, I spent all last summer whenever I had free time maintaining it. It's not one I actually built. So this last fall, I went out to San Diego in November uh, when I was playing with the off-road racing. Um, And there's actually one, two marinas down from where Darren keeps his boat that I built. Really? And I chose to buy another building instead of another yacht. So, (laughs) you know, I, I made one smart business decision this year. Um, you know, I I chose a 38,000 square foot building instead of a six bedroom yacht, you know,
1: so, I yeah. want to get into that. I, I saw that. I want to get into that. I've got a couple of things, people, because guys, remember this two way conversation. If you got questions for Jasper, I'll ask him or post-send. Well, I'm trying to talk fast because you told me, I asked you how long I had, and you said, as long as I need. And I said,
0: how many hours, and you're coming down mm-hmm. to one. So, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to get through this, you know.
1: <laughs> you're, dude, you're great. You're great a uh, great guest. All right. So, Cody Whitwood, Whitwood said, "Woo, woo, chimney time, baby. Said I and he said I can't wait for the R and R class in Vegas. Are you teaching that? I am, yep. Cool. I'm gonna start putting that together uh shortly. Right. A couple days before throw the CEUs in. (laughs) Um and and so then also Chad said I'm much more gray since COVID. Yeah. (laughs) uh totally. Uh and then Uh, Chad Murray says, my two oldest daughters think my three younger daughters are spoiled, rich kids. When we were talking about, and that's, you know. Um, Yeah, that's, uh, so my two oldest
0: kids are with my first wife. My uh, 14-year-old son is with my second wife. My fourth daughter, or my second daughter, my fourth child is actually adopted. Oh, And there was a little time period there where all I ever heard was that kid gets everything. Yeah. And it, it, got to me a little bit. Um, but you know, it's all, it's all perception. Right. And I think I've done a pretty good job of spoiling my daughter lately. Um, that's actually a a funny story. So I bought my daughter a little BMW, nothing fancy, just a little X three. And I think I've mentioned this on one of the stories online. I had a customer just berating me all day, just a little Barbie doll princess. I like this and she she's going on and on, and I asked her to move a vehicle so I can't get any dust on it, and she starts kind of bragging up her car in the garage that she has to move and she just went shut up, so finally I'm like, well, yeah, I know I bought one for my daughter, and the look on her face was just priceless, right it was like
1: how often yeah, they
0: come down to us. you like, yeah, that's that's cute. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. I got a I got a nicer one in my garage, and my daughter drives one of those, but whatever, you know. Yeah, um, I, love that. I, I remember you saying that. That's such a nice. Well, and so it's hilarious, though, because everyone's got their own priorities and what they like to spend money on. And I've actually hosted a number of chimney suites in my house in the last year. And so when COVID first struck, when we started doing those little cutesy videos about, you know, what to do when we're slow because the world's ending and we're going to have all this time, I gutted my house because I'd had time, right? Um, so that was what, March of 2020. I don't have countertops in my kitchen yet. All brand new cabinets, all brand new appliances. I'm waiting on the countertops. I don't cook. I, I can't cook, right? I. I I'm basically a bachelor life in my house and my entire house has been remodeled, but I still have missing siding on the back porch and I don't have countertops. So it, 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 and I don't care, you know, my house has been paid off for a long time. I'm comfortable in it, but it's funny watching sweeps come over and they're like,
1: this is where you live. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You want to go see my cars? (laughs) Exactly. You know, when I listen to you and I'm, when I've seen stuff, one thing just hits me specifically and that it's, you have a lack of, I don't mean this in a wrong way, but a lack of fear. Like you don't, you're not afraid to push it, whether it be the race cars or business or whatever you, you, you're not afraid. And is, is that accurate? And how much does that play in your psyche on willing to get the 38,000 square foot building, willing to put money in race cars, willing to do like, where, where how do you feel about that? So <clears throat>
0: I might be a little reckless, but I'm not stupid. So I am overly insured. Um, (laughs) Like I I waste a ton of money on insurance, right? So when Joe Sauter was going through his cancer and he thought he was dying, um, thank God he didn't. I went skydiving with him and uh, my phone rang while I was in the hangar. And it's loud as heck at an airport, right? I don't have my own plane yet, but that's on the list. And, uh, it was my insurance guy, my, not just my insurance It's the guy that hand, handles my retirement and some of my whole life. Cause that was actually a super good investment for tax reasons. Everybody, if you want to do that great yeah. tax shelter,
1: yeah.
0: don't ever take tax advice from me, by the way. But, um, I was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm about to jump out of plane and he goes, oh, you're covered. And so I'm like, okay, just out of curiosity, what would it take for my policies not to pay off? Right? Like How? Far can I push this? And he says, with your lifestyle and the policies I have for you, the only way your dependents aren't getting paid is if they're the ones pulling the trigger.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, you know, I, I like to scuba dive, I like to jump out of planes, drive fast cars, do all kinds of that stuff. But um, my willingness to work stupid hours and to gamble on business has absolutely cost me in life um personally personal relationships um i know not to get too personal but you've experienced that and it's everyone i think not just your business coaches but at times unfortunately even your life partners there's a time where it's a match and there's a time where it isn't if that's the easiest way to say it and so there were times where uh my first second and third wife would say just, not so much the third She was spoiled. But the first and second wife would say, why don't you just get a job? You know, why are you doing this? Like, why don't you just work 40 hours for so-and-so and and be done at the end of the day? And there were times I thought about it. There were times I was working 40 hours for somebody else and still doing 40 hours a week for myself, right? Because that's what I had to do. The biggest problem, I think, in my second marriage was there was a turning point where I didn't have to do it anymore. Right. I didn't have to kill myself nonstop. And, um, by the time I realized I I didn't have to, it was just habit that was too late. Right. And one thing that I learned from that was when we were, and so I, I bring it up to you all the time in personal messages when you and I are chatting about that, that Puerto Rico trip, but really that was a major turning point in my life on so many different levels. Um, that's how I decided at 40 years old I'm getting out of the truck. I'm I'm done and I am uh, I've always thought I was a really good technician and a pretty crappy business owner. So I've had to work harder on the business owner side, but I look at so many people in this industry and it breaks my heart seeing their health, seeing their their knees, their shoulders, their elbows, their heart conditions, the cancers that so many of them have that don't talk about it, right? I want to be able to bend over and pick up my grandkids. Mm-hmm. Right. And I could be a grandpa literally any day. I've not yet. None are coming right now, but <laughs> if my kids are anything like me that could happen any day, well, so that's, that was my motivation. Um, I still love the work I do. Obviously I'm in the field more than I should. Um, I'm only supposed to be scheduled two days a week and, and take up emergencies. Uh, which affords me travel. And I don't like running the business day to day. So I've hired managers and, you know, I tell you what, the first time you hire someone and you're paying them six figures and then you get all your guys on commission, you get them sales training and you have five guys on your payroll whose weekly checks are bigger than yours. But you know what I got? I got the freedom. Yeah, I have the freedom like I've never had before. Um, I've lived very frugal, um, Jeremy Biswell, um, his pancake speech, uh, that I got one year, um, totally changed the way that I look at money and investments. And then I started actually working on that and getting an education in it Yeah. and the freedom to not have to worry. Like if you break down what you actually have to bring in, in a week to live for me, it, it's a very, very small number. That's awesome. So if I'm seriously hurt, if the business crashes tomorrow um, I'll be fine. And you know, you we speak about bad days. Um, Monday was a bad day. We had three guys out of work, one with an injury, two sick, had a couple jobs canceled because we couldn't get to them in time. And then I got served papers for a two hundred and seventy five thousand dollar lawsuit. So, you know, that happens. Um, got
1: your insurance. <laughs>
0: yeah, they're coming after me. Um, luckily, I I know that I'll get out of this one again. Um, I'll put, I'm actually going to put together a hot training for this. I'm going to bring people to the investigation. We're going to, I know I'm not at fault. I, I have a source that told me what the cause of the fire was. So it'll be fun. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to bring a couple of people to experience that. Um, because like, you know, Mark, the, the more you put yourself out there, the more customers you have, the more times you're going to run into problems, right? It's just a scale.
1: Right. More exposure.
0: Yeah, if you haven't been served papers before the first time, you won't eat for days, Yeah, you'll be sick to your stomach, you'll think the world's over, your insurance guy's going to be down your throat, and now that's happened a few times, no big deal. I mean, yeah. I've, I am undefeated in a courtroom, so I uh, shouldn't brag about that too much, but anyone that's been dumb enough to drag me all the way into a courtroom has walked away with a goose egg. Yep. Uh, my insurance has never paid out anything ever, not even my auto insurance. Little tip right there. Nice. Um, I employ a lot of young guys, and uh, I only have two or three trucks per insurance policy.
1: Oh, really? That's interesting. So, yeah.
0: So I personally own all the vehicles, and I'm poor, so that's awesome. And then I put three vehicles per insurance policy on different companies. So one of you guys wrecks up a truck really bad, and you get sued. Not all your rates are going up on all your vehicles. Yeah, look into that. And, oh, dude, that's a hot tip. I love yep. that. Uh, another quick tip don't bundle your insurance ever. All your properties, all of them, separate policies. Why? Okay, so you know what they want to say, we'll bundle and you'll save you some money yeah, here. Save you money there. Absolutely not. Different agents, different companies. All it takes is one dumbass to slip and fall in your parking lot. And everything's tied together, Mm. right? Make it hard for them to track down who you are, put all your buildings in different company names, rent them all out back to the company. So I rent my trucks, I rent my businesses all to the companies. And then I've got my own corporate shell umbrella policy to protect me from nuclear war. Uh, By the way, make sure you've got terrorism insurance. That might be a good idea this day and age, like this week. It's cheap, Um, dude. It is. It's like nine bucks on, on yeah. one of my buildings. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you? Why'd you turn that down?
1: Right. So that's so interesting. You know, um, let me I, you know. I've always heard, you know, you want to own nothing but control everything is a, is a wealth strategy. It sounds like you're going down that road. But um, a couple of quick comments. There's people said uh, I love this comment from uh, from Chad. He says Jasper seems to have found joy in his life. No fear in coming from no, uh, no fear and coming from nothing creates a sense of self worth because of what because of what he said earlier. Who cares about his credit? Sounds familiar. And then another. I don't know why it says Facebook user. I'm, uh, if you don't mind, tell me who you are. It says you'll never outwork someone that knows what rock bottom looks like, dude. That is strong. Well, I,
0: I'm almost never the smartest person in the room, but I can. Uh, I'm not afraid to outwork anybody. And I'm I'm not the best Mason. I'm not the best gas technician. I'm not the best at anything in my company right now. But if we had to put them all together, I can hold my own. And I, I think that's actually true in the industry, which is why I really love our peer-to-peer learning, learning from each other. Um, I had 60 people show up at my new building for my hands-on gas class with the Wisconsin Guild. And I'm that was the first time I was nervous in front of a class, right? I, I don't get nervous too often, but I looked out in the room, and I'm like, you and you and you and you have more experience than me, and I'm, I'm up here. And uh, all of them said that they found a tip during the class. And then I was true to my word, and I made them all come up and teach with me because I threatened anyone that shows up with any knowledge is going to be put to work. So we split up in groups. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm never the smartest guy in the room. I'm really good at copying. I'm really good at taking other people's ideas and molding them a little bit. Exactly. but I really have never had any original ideas in my life
1: I, I feel the same way I've just taken something else that somebody did and I think the key the, the takeaway on this is that you implement whether you I, implement, I, and I think you also do the thing that I say is is you know act now perfect later and just go and you, there's no way you can fix it first and so many people want to try to fix it first and at Macca, there's a there's a guy in the room and he's like, you know, I, I'm listening to you guys talk and about 98 percent of what you guys talk about, I don't have going. And I said, of course you don't. You're no, you're, you're number two and you can't have it all. And if you had it all, you'd never get launched. And I think you are a, a great example of get it going and we'll figure it out as we, as we're moving. Right? I mean, that's that's how you do it.
0: I've got a dear friend who is absolutely genius in their uh, in their field but they overthink it all. Like their business plan, they've been working on for three years. They haven't taken up a checking account. They haven't hired an attorney. They haven't done anything. And so my own plain stupidity has almost been a blessing at times because I haven't been scared of anything. I'm, I'm not afraid to make a mistake. And just like you said, roll with it. it. You know, you you build it and then you let a system fail. You fix that system, wait for the next one to fail, fix that. And it's, it's just nonstop. This um, is, I mean, that's yeah, what
1: a growing business looks like
0: my whole stockpiling of uh, materials and my 24 hour service that our company does was just copying another someone at a convention once told us a story about a guy with it, a plumber that keeps water heaters on the truck. He wants his trucks to be able to pull in, fix anything in that house not have to ever run for parts. And, you know, in our industry, that's almost impossible, but it, it's not. All you have to do is ask the customer to send you a couple quick photos of their fireplace. So for us, we've got a lot of people that heat primarily with wood. So send us a picture of your furnace or your stove or whatever the appliance is. I only have to throw three different size liners in the truck, guessing off the photos. Like we, We have pulled into many houses this fall, shake the fireman's hand, high five them on the way out. One trip, we pull in, we drop the liner, everything's done. We battle with the insurance company later. And I've never once had an insurance company not pay me the full amount ever. We're doing the work before they even know there was a a loss.
1: We do that with gas logs on our gas division. We carry 18 and 24s on the trucks. So you're just ready to do it. But yeah, that's uh, so that was Jeremy Biswell, by the way, the genius. Jeremy Biswell, should state that you'll okay. know someone knows Rock Pile. We're all Jeremy Biswell fans. we got to have Jeremy <laughs> on here because you never know what he's going to do. Some days he's a serious businessman. Some days he's absolutely bonkers.
0: You have to have like a five-second pause button with Jeremy just in yeah, case. That's... You know, because Brittany will say, or not Brittany, uh, Brandy will say, no, 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 you can't say that, you know, and try to reel him in in the background. <laughs>
1: So Rob Jorgensen must be talking about your gas class. He said that was a great class. Sounds like he was up at your gas class.
0: Yeah, it was supposed to be super basic, right? I, I tried to make it really clear. This isn't going to prep you to pass any exam or make you an expert. It's just a, let's get rid of the fear of it, you know? And we started fires and, you know, the fire marshal wasn't happy after I posted pictures that we had live fire in the building, but whatever. So- um
1: Let's talk about, so you have a real, uh, a giving heart. Uh, So that's clearly what, you know, you start off being, you know, with Wisconsin, and then you became the NCSG president for several years, for eight years, and longest uh, uh, that I remember. And, um, you know, you're, you're always trying to figure out how to help the people. And at the same time, your business helps you. And and you've you've figured out this, I don't know if it's a work-life balance. I don't really love that term, but you figured out a balance for you. And I think to me, it was front loaded in work and now it's becoming front loaded in life. And so, uh, but talk about, you know, why you volunteer, why you give, why you do what you do. Well, it's really simple.
0: It's selfish. Uh, Every time that I've gone and helped someone with a project or, you know, we've gone and helped, if it's even if it's a customer that couldn't afford the repairs that really needed them, or it's another sweep who needed help on a job site, or it's working at the tech center, um, I've always learned something, right? Like we put a lot of the building together, uh, the world's worst chimney, and building that building, I learned more about carpentry than I, I knew before. Yeah, and then, but I still was able to teach others their stuff. So, that the experience is worth it. Uh, so at one point. One of the times I got fired from America's Best Chimney, I found a, a cash job and it was on a construction site and uh, I showed up and I helped the roofer rough the house and I helped sheet the walls and I helped do the plumbing and I, I helped all those trades, but I was enjoying learning them. I was getting paid to learn more skills. You know, I learned how to sweat pipe. I learned how to how wire an entire building and those skills as we've evolved to changing out fireplaces as we have evolved to all the things that we never thought we would do as chimney sweeps 20 years ago are what's got i have no fear of cutting open a wall to run a pipe i have no fear of cutting into a roof i know i can flash any flashing there is that's exactly
1: Uh, that's exactly right that's what's happened to us and so every time i put from time your dad started to where you are now, very different business. Yeah. And um,
0: so every time I, I help someone out, I learn something. But not only that, even helping your competitors, right? If you're on an island and you're the smartest chimney company in the state and nobody around you knows anything, you have no one to back you up. So if you've, everyone else comes in and says, nope, that guy's a crook. He's trying to sell you stuff you don't need. You look stupid. You know you're you're on an island, but if you've got competitors around you that know what they're doing, and do the same type of quality work you do, they'll have your back. They'll come in as the second opinion, and yeah, price might be a little different. They might hire someone else, but they're not going to run you into the ground as being a crook and a scam artist and all this other stuff. And we get along. I mean, uh, all the most of the chimney companies around me have either called me for help on a job, come and bought materials out of us out of our uh, warehouse. I mean, even your guys, we chat once in a while and it it, it goes both ways. Why? Why not? You know, you need so you need uh, a competition in your area that is comparable to the work you do.
1: Yeah, I love that. Talk about real quickly your transition. I talk about this a decent amount, the transition from being a technician to a business owner and, I've said it for years. We're really expert technicians, and we're novice business owners. And yeah, uh, you're a great example of making that transition and deciding to make that transition. But why? What's the transition? What made you do it? And then, I mean, and then how? What were the the big chunks of that that were the aha moments? So obviously, I started the company in
0: 2005. It was 2012 before I finally gave up answering the phones. Wow! I would drive around in my truck with a schedule book and schedule appointments sometimes while driving. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had an office lady in 2012 who wasn't answering my phones. She was doing all the clerical work and taking care of everything, but I was still answering the phones. And in my head, if a technician answered the phone, they would give the customer the best uh, customer care right off the bat. I can answer the questions. You know, they want to talk to me anyway. Um, I finally gave up the phones. That was the biggest thing ever. Um, but I've, I've still, I don't enjoy running the business, right? I don't enjoy making the spreadsheets. I, I, I'm I, very lucky to have hired some people that are really good at their jobs. So that, you know, I think it's, uh, Hope always said the suck buckets, get give those away to other people. Yeah. And it's not just what I don't like to do. It's what I'm not good at. Um, I don't want to sit down and do the spreadsheets. I know I have to. Um, I know I have to at least, if I'm not going to do it in a reasonable manner, do it good enough, uh, delegate it to someone that enjoys it. There's people that like doing that. There's actually people that enjoy (laughs) that stuff. Right? me. Spreadsheets,
1: accounting, all that budget.
0: I don't even like sweeping chimneys. I know Dave Hanna, I'm going to, that guy's going to have an aneurysm because of me, because I don't identify as a chimney sweep. I've never worn a top hat. (laughs) I've always called myself a technician from day one. And when I meet someone on the street, um, and what do you do? I I build custom fireplaces. That's what I want to do. If I had, if that's all I ever did was build, you know, 50, 60, $70,000 fireplaces, I would but yeah. we have to get in there for the, to the service to get those jobs. And I don't even enjoy doing that. Right. So, yeah, you usually, I mean, yeah. that, there was a sticking point in the early uh, 2014, 2015, where I would trust technicians to go out, sell the work, clean the chimneys and put the liners in. But then I went back and inspected every single job before I told the customer they could use it, <laughs> you know? So the transition from, Technician to owner was long. Um, I knew better. I, I, I knew better. I had listened to so many other stories. I just couldn't get over that. And um, this last, it's been almost a year now, I hired a field operations manager, uh, Sean, who's a little bit of a nutcase, but he's really good at doing everything I didn't want to do. Um, we hired a warehouse manager. Anybody that has not been in my building in the last year would not believe it's the same building the organization the inventory is spot on now um technicians don't accidentally forget that they took 20 feet instead of 50 feet of liner like all that stuff is gone there's so much less waste um you know and i always thought oh i gotta pay a guy to sit in the warehouse all day oh my god i don't know how i didn't do that sooner you know
1: i saved you more than you ever spent on him
0: Absolutely. And then, you know, he's checking the stickers, make sure oil changes were done. Um, I just hired my own full-time mechanic. I mean, that's amazing. I like working on cars to a point. I don't want to replace ball joints on all our damn Ford vans or the drive shafts on the new Ford vans. And you know, those Chevys use up idler arms left and right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a cheapskate every single work van I've ever purchased. I've paid, paid cash for me too. Um, I don't wanna ever have a bank hold anything over my head. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to drive a van with a hundred thousand. I think the Ford I'm driving right now is four hundred and ten thousand on it. And I keep telling them I'll park it as soon as the engineer transmission dies. The body's gonna fall off of it before anything, but it was wrapped. It was the first vehicle I did a full wrap on, so it, it looks good from fifty feet.
1: <laughs> so I love that. I mean we are very much I, I agree with your your business thing. I have something really you know, Ken Holster wrote a note on here. Some of my notes come on my phone. Some come on this. So I'm going to read it. And, and we love Ken. Ken says, this guy saved me from a dark place. He's an amazing person. That's good. That's tough. Um, that's a big heart. And and I that thank you, Ken, for saying that. Um, uh, I love man. you, man. Yeah.
0: Um, uh, other people in this industry have done that for me, too. So uh, it goes both ways. It is, it is completely self-serving and selfish anytime I've helped someone because I've gotten
1: it back. (laughs) I really have. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's good stuff. Thank you, Ken. And then uh, Jeremiah Mundy says, uh, Jasper gives the raw truth. I love it and uh, good stuff. Uh, So let's talk. um, And thank you for all you've done for this industry and thank you for your years of service and, and everybody that knows you uh, has benefited from that. And um, and that's what people really Hey, need.
0: you know what, though? Same thing to you, man. I mean, really. Uh, you and I share some of those text messages back and forth. And, you know, at times we've been playing on other teams. But uh, you sure. did show us that glass ceilings were glass, right, in a lot of ways. And, you know, I'm really close to Linda, man. They're in my backyard. They They may or may not send me work from time to time. But it was always well they're a supplier too you know it was a different feeling um even though they have they're still bigger than both of us you were the one that wasn't a supplier that was growing leaps and bounds and just showing that it's possible right so dude you have also helped more people in this industry than I think you'll ever know because I've copied your stuff and I've shown others so you know
1: Well, thank you for that. And I think, again, you know, we're also showing others to do this and it's neat to see other generations or the next levels of guys doing that same stuff and trying to give back. And I think uh, you embody that. And I've always followed that. And I think that's one of the things that makes our industry very different is that the guys in front are also the guys reaching back to pull up. Yeah. We don't yeah. see that in our HVAC
0: businesses at all, do we? Oh, when was well, last time an HVAC guy helped you do a squat?
1: Not one phone call from them. Yeah, none. never.
0: But yet, and you and I have—I don't know if you and I had this conversation or with someone else—but we see sweeps coming into this industry right now. They want to be completely trained before they make any mistakes, and they are growing so much faster than any of us ever oh, did. Amazing. Yeah, so there's I, companies I two or three, four years old that
1: you would think they were here 20 years it's amazing it's beautiful i was talking to jim brewer about that today i'm like just seeing what they've got access to information which we really didn't have we had access to ass kickings and uh they're they're gonna get those too but they're also learning faster and they're seeing further than we did and and i just i still feel like this chimney industry is just on the the tip of what it can do It, it is absolutely
0: the access to information i remember Remember back in the day when you wanted to learn something about a chimney, you had to wait till convention or you had to call somebody? Like, that was the only way you'd learn. these guys are getting a jump start like no other by asking questions on public forums. And yeah, sometimes they get harassed. And I apologize, guys. Sometimes I have a really bad sense of humor and my jokes just aren't funny. I know I've cracked a couple in board meetings and I look around the room and nobody's laughing. I feel about that big. But um, it, it's amazing. But the. You know, I, I there. So, fair warning: when we get to Vegas, and it's going to happen a little bit here this week, people are going to get hugged. All right. Like Mark, <laughs> I haven't hugged you since we were at the at the summit, right? Yeah. But uh, people are going to get hugged like crazy. So, if you come within ten feet of me, like guys I've never met, I've only known you from my, you're getting hugged. So you've been <laughs> warned.
1: You know, that's uh, that's awesome, man. I love it. There was a couple uh, other quotes here. Let's see. Uh, Ken Holzer said, "Love you." Um, Chad Murray says it's sweet to have heroes in our real time not in our parents and our, our grandparents you two are awesome thank you Chad yeah so- I'm eating with Chad I already called
0: one night in Vegas Chad you and I are gonna we're gonna find a corner and we're gonna laugh and we're gonna leave good buddies
1: yeah <laughs> Scott's great for this is funny looking forward to my hug <laughs> Dude, you got one coming I-
0: I'm yes. sorry Scott I and that Scott was one of those guys. I make comments on some of these po- forums. And if you like I said, I have a horrible sense of humor. So if I have a duh answer or a you know a smart ass whim to something, I apologize. <laughs> but I am very grateful The guys are asking the questions. Cause oh my God, could you imagine if you didn't ask and you cost them on their life or their property? So there's no dumb answer, uh or no dumb question. I have plenty of dumb answers, but there's no dumb
1: question, right? Ask away, guys. Well, Scott's one of those guys that isn't afraid to ask. And he's also, he's got a big heart. And he also uh he's learning fast. And you know, he's he's taking it at whatever speed he wants to, but he's very and he also has a sense of humor on stuff. I've seen him throw some stuff across there and it didn't it didn't land and other stuff did, but he's not afraid to get out there. So Scott, we we appreciate you too. Um, so here's the here's the deal. We're normally a one hour show. I still got a couple more questions. If you got time, I'd love to. I got time. Okay. When the caffeine wears off, I'm going to be out. But for now, okay. you got me. Oh, great! So, thank you. So, let me ask you. Let's transition. Thank you for all your business and your volunteer. And now, let's transition into race cars and what you want to do now in this stage of business. What What's next for Jasper Trangler?
0: So, I uh, I know at the CSA summit, I said I was going to double my business and. Uh, I got close, right? I got damn close. I doubled, I more than doubled my payroll, my insurance, my materials. I just didn't double what I put in my pocket.
1: <laughs> that, that, that's about the foundation. You're building it.
0: But yeah, it, it, it was definitely a growth year. Um, so the next stage is uh, the business. I've got some lofty goals again this year. Uh, just because I didn't quite meet all of them doesn't mean I'm going to take my foot off the gas. It's It's fast forward, right? so chimney mechanics is going to continue to grow. Uh, we're going to r- work on our systems. Uh, we've got a, uh, three-year plan and a 10-year plan for the business. Um, but then the next step for me is, uh, this last fall, I actually started a race car rental company. So I've got a couple okay. semis and we've got a fleet of BMWs that we rent out. Um, okay. so it, we, uh, we'll load up three, four cars in the semi. We'll go to a racetrack and, guys show up they pay us a pile of money to drive our cars um at sebring in december one of them decided he wanted to crash it totaled it out he wrote us a check for it and i went and bought more bmws um i know i i was down in florida that that was just a surreal experience i never hopped on a plane with a backpack with so much cash in it before i have a business partner in that company and um he used to work at ford He was the Mustang brand manager. He was kind of high up there. Uh, He was one of our speakers at the Wisconsin Guild a couple weeks ago. And uh, he wants this business to be his livelihood. It doesn't have to work. But he wants this race car business to be his livelihood. And so we're going to do it. Uh, That's part of our new building is race race shop and uh, uh, build the BMWs, rent them out uh he wants to, i use i pro, professionally raced for two years which is a massive waste of money it's probably about the same as trying to launch your own album
1: right
0: uh not the easiest thing to do you know it costs about half a million dollars to get your song played on the radio from start to finish now yeah and i think that's the stat i heard yeah. but uh so the new shop or the new building is going to be race car shop um, We're going to have a a uh, banquet hall in it. That community that the building's in doesn't have any place to get married in. The whole town. So we're building a banquet hall. I started a gym. I guess you know Darren Bebo has fun with gyms, so I'm starting a gym. Uh, I love a gift shop. I bought an old antique fire truck. So uh Chuck Wright also love this. Uh, he was always wanting to see the Seagrave uh, factory, and unfortunately, when the Milwaukee convention got canceled, he wasn't able to take the factory tour like he had planned, but. I bought a Seagrave fire truck and this thing is old and heavy iron and it's just gorgeous body lines. So the name of my new building is fire and iron. It's going to have a few fireplaces in it. Uh, We're going to have this old Seagrave fire truck on display. Uh, My whole premise for this building is it's going to be drug alcohol and tobacco free, a place where kids can hang out in the community. Uh, We're going to have tutors for after school stuff. We had, uh, we hosted the Wisconsin guild. Uh, meeting there because we had too many people show up to fit in my other building, but uh, we're going to have a race car show in a couple of weeks, uh, inviting cars from all over the country. We expect to have $10 million with the race cars in the building oh for my the show. God. It's going to be pretty sick. So I've got that. Um, and then of course my daughter wants to run her own business. She wants to, you know, do her own thing and have her own failures her own successes. So I'm going to work on being her partner you know how that goes, Mark? You're, you're the partner. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're the dumb one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to
0: work on that with her, see where where her dreams take her. Um, uh, my boat, I want to, you know, rent that out. And then I'm almost finished racing and all – I've almost finished uh, my quest to race in all 50 states. And there's three states I haven't been in and, like, six I haven't raced in, so we're going to do that. And I'm going to keep conquering racetracks around the world. You know, when we were on my way to Spaz Cominia this last time, it seems like a lifetime ago, I got to go play at the Nürburgring on the way. So that was fun.
1: I was going to ask but, you, uh, tell me about that real quick. Did you, did you rent a, a car? Like you had something lined up with a team or something over there.
0: Yeah. So there is a team in Germany that rents out their race cars to drive the Nürburgring. And, uh, by the way, I got two speeding tickets in the mail when I got home from that trip from the <laughs> yeah. um, from two different rental cars within 45 minutes on the same stretch of highway. Yeah, tickets fun, yeah. mailed to me. Yeah, it's a good time. But uh, I just want to keep playing on racetracks. And at the same time, um, I want to keep giving back to this industry. I owe this industry absolutely everything. The Lindeman University is the warrior horses. Yeah, um, dude, that was a major day. That mm-hmm. Warriorhurst conference in Louisiana, mm-hmm. when uh, the hockey coach was up there, you, and he you, when who was out there when was, the coach was up there? Oh God! On yeah. Stage, oh, he, he was out He called his kid to ask him what was the most important thing. It was his life. Mark, I went back to my room in a hot, sweaty mess. I picked up my phone and I called my first wife and I said, "Uh, what do you think is the most important thing in my life? She goes, duh, your kid's idiot. Okay. That's good. (laughs) Called up my second wife. I said, Tracy, uh, I'm just curious. What do you think is the most important thing in my life? She says, well, well, for a while there, I would have said your business was. But right now I'd say you're doing a good job at making your kids number one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now it's time to call the kids. Right. Thank God every single one said them. Dude, I was mush. I didn't go to dinner with anybody. I I think I took a cold shower. Um you would not understand that story if you were not in that room at the warrior horse conference. And, you know, everyone learns in different ways. Uh, you guys got to get out and go to these conferences, all of them, as many as you can, as many as you can afford. Um, I have a, a confession to the chimney gods. I've uh, never taken any online classes at any platform. It's just not me. Right. I'm a hands-on guy. <laughs> So uh, that's how I learned. Now I know that most of our technicians that are coming up now, they have no problem learning online. Sure. Um, but you can't learn everything off the computer screen. You can't learn everything out of a book. I think uh, Rubber Ronnie's the most famous saying. What are you gonna teach me out of a book? <laughs> <laughs> you right. gotta, you gotta learn hands on. I mean, Rubber Ronnie's got all the hands on training, none of the book training. He's got to get on Surefire or whatever, and he needs to get on the. He needs to read a book. Um, I think we've got some picture books for him. If
1: he needs it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, real, let me say something real quickly about that moment. Um, it, for those of you who weren't there, there was a guy that was a coach. He's actually a, a motivational coach and a, a coach for hockey players. and Muskie. Muskie. Yeah. Muskie. Yeah. Yeah. I his first name. But that, and so they call him Muskie. He worked with the Predators. And, um, and at first, he started off. I'm like, man, I don't think I'm gonna be able to listen to this guy. He started off strong and very animated. And man, I don't know what it was, but you had to watch him. You couldn't not watch him. And he at by that he wrapped us all up. And that phone call, he said, I'm gonna show you something. And it changed a lot of people's lives. He called his kid, put on a speaker, on the microphone, and asked that question you just said. And his kid said, Hey Dad, why you know, why are you calling? He said, Hey, I just want to know. What's the most important part? Who's the most important person in my life or most important part of my life? He said, well, I am. And man, there wasn't a dry eye in that dang room, man. And that's interesting that you did that. And, and I know that to me, that's something I'm working on, that I've been very, very business focused. And and, and thank you for reminding me of that moment. That was, a, that was a great moment. There have been many, many
0: magical moments at all kinds of conventions and, and industry get togethers over the years um but that was the first time i think we were told not to work on our businesses right like that was and that's the other part of it all these messages all these trainings all these coaches they all have a time period right they all speak to you in the right moment mm-hmm. and i know there's been plenty of times where do i really need to take off work to go to that convention i'm going to miss so much money and revenue but you always get something, right? And there's always a speaker that's going to speak to you in the moment with what you're dealing with, and it's going to be the perfect timing, and you're going to have that aha moment, or not. Or two years down the road, you're like, oh, my God, Chuck Hall totally told me about this once. Yes,
1: yes.
0: You know, and he's another guy that it, – it's weird to admit it, but uh, Chuck Hall's definitely – little things he said over the last eight, nine years that have come back. And I've thought, wow, he was actually good for something. You know, like, I I love it. It, It's hilarious. And everybody speaks to you at a different time in your life. And we don't go down that road at the same pace. You know, some of it, it's more mountainous, more valleys. Um, But I promise you, no matter where you are in the industry, no matter where you want to be, no matter where you were, somebody else has already done it. Yeah, somebody else has already killed that fish. Um, someone can talk you through it. Um, I bet you between Mark and I, we've made probably just about every mistake there is to make in this business, for sure. and in, maybe even yeah. in life. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, so. I forgot Chuck Wardhouse said. Uh, Glad you're happy now. Just wait until you retire. It's bliss. And then Chuck, you I- gotta come see my my fire truck. I'll let you well, he- take it for a ride. He put a he put nice and a little fire truck emoji on there. So. He has a fire truck in and everything. Oh, that in a crab? Yeah, he hit a crab. Yeah, uh, Kyle German says, "Oh my god, that's awesome." John Pildra says, "I want to see the fire truck." Of course, John does. Chief, and then uh, Roy Dow says, Seagrave is the Cadillac of fire trucks." Uh, Pildra says, "All depends who you ask." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So Tommy Nell's big fireman. And, and before he started talking in the Maca I think John Caesar's like, oh, God, how many times are you going to mention he's a fireman? So, And I, I asked the crew before he started, how do you know a guy's a fireman? And, and I said, because he tells you. And uh, yeah. so uh, so then. Uh, so Chad Murray says, gosh, darn it, I'm crying. So. Uh, so let's let's wrap this up, man. I. You have such an amazing story, and I think you touch a lot of people's stories too. And that's why they can relate to you so well. What let's just leave it with what there's a lot of people watching. What would you say how what would you say your best advice for somebody who wants to go from technician to, or even if they're working for somebody, like how do they how do they move their life along like you did to have to have the is it a goal or are you kind of open ended on what's gonna happen? Are you just kind of like always watching? Like how's it work?
0: Yeah, it's kind of been open ended and I'm guilty of looking at a glass ceiling and not thinking I could ever accomplish it. Right. Like I was content, I was complacent at stages that I should have been scared to death. Right. Like I was too dumb to know what I didn't know. So mm-hmm. it was great. So if you're a technician working with a company, I got to tell you something between you and I, your boss doesn't make nearly as much as you think he does. Yeah. And I've got technicians making more than me. Mm-hmm. So if you're a really good technician and you've got benefits and your boss likes you and you got a retirement plan, I mean, the the number of years that a technician is average averages in this business is rather, rather low, but you can definitely make a career off of it. You can definitely retire and you can live without all the stress and the uh, marital problems that all the rest of the business owners have, right? (laughs) So that's for the technicians. And that's that's my advice. That's in the last
1: 10 years that's happened.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. If you are wanting to get into this industry and build a business and do what Marcus has done, do what so many other great people in this industry have, my advice would be. Um, don't have any personal relationships, work your ass off to get your business going as fast as possible. Get past that $2 million mark as fast as possible. Get past the five truck struggle as fast as possible and make something for yourself before you want to settle down and actually have a family and then do the John Caesar and go home to that girl at two o'clock in the afternoon, man. God, I love watching that guy and the time he has with that daughter. And, you know, John's life and my life have a lot of parallels and a lot of common ground. And, you know, he's got some older kids and he's got that youngest daughter. And I know that in those boys' hearts, they love their dad and they see that little girl getting all that attention. You know, they're a little jealous, but it wasn't because that's what he wanted for his kids. It's because he was, that's what he had to do. And John did a really good job of discovering the difference between having to do something and not having to do it right. Like, uh, you know, the way that man has turned his business around so much faster than you or I ever did is incredible. So he's one of my heroes and I've been doing it like twice as long as he has. And he's damn near as big as me already. Right. So, um, at the post that went viral where guys are talking about what it's like to be a business owner. Um, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna personal, friends aren't going to be your friends. They're not going to call when they need something. It's going to tax every part of your life. You have to be willing to put in 80 hours a week. And then the biggest ticket is when you don't have to do the 80 hours a week to know it and have a life outside of work.
1: Yeah. Man, thank you so much. Thank you for doing this. And I I tell you, just from the numbers I'm watching on this uh, on this broadcast, we we kept gaining numbers and and everybody stayed the whole time. I, and and I, there's sometimes it fluctuates, but you're really hitting some great points with people, and they were staying tuned in. So thank you. Um, and you know,
0: Mark, guys can reach out to me anytime. I mean, I answer phone calls daily with questions, and and it it might seem juvenile, it might seem elementary, but ask away, would, We've been there. Um, As, stuff. Questions.
1: How can they reach out to you? Is this through Facebook? You would put your number on here? What would Facebook
0: got? Messenger is like the easiest thing to do. Um, I hate answering my phone, yeah. but I love text messaging. But uh, my number is on my Facebook. Like, I don't care. E- uh, but Facebook Messenger is probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, feel free to follow around my crazy life and stories. I've tried to keep a lot of my personal, super personal stuff off of Facebook. Um, cause there's some crazy people out there and I had my ID stolen. I don't know who in the hell would want to be me, but someone tried to steal my ID.
1: Um,
0: but I'm an open book. I'm always yeah. available. Um, and you know, it's, it's a two way street. I w- I'll always learn something off of you asking me a question.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, cause you're curious, right? You're, you're always curious. You're always interested in them too. And, and that's how, that's how this works. So man, thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. And down at HPBA. Oh, 65 is horrible, dude. Leave early. Okay. It's bad. Steve Scalley said, yes, he does. He he answers. One of the most caring persons I know. So, And Steve is one of those guys, too. So uh, thank you so much, Jasper. And uh, I want you to have a good night. And I look forward to seeing you soon. No problem, buddy. Thank you. See you, buddy. Man, wasn't that awesome? Awesome. Awesome stuff. And uh, thank you. It looks like maybe this is Jeremy says, great stuff, Jasper. And uh, uh, Joe says, great guest. And uh, I got a couple more. Matt Watkins says, thank you both so much, man. This that's what it's about right there, man. I think he laid it out pretty cleanly and pretty raw and real. And uh, I think we all should do that. I think we all learn from that. And it's not a big contest about who does this or that. We're all we're all in our own race. And uh, to use a racing term and uh, Jasper's in his race and he told you how his race worked. And it doesn't matter if he's putting himself up against somebody else. He's in his own race and you are in your own race and I'm in my own race. And it doesn't matter what we do. if We can help each other win whatever race that is. Success is is really what you say it is. It's not what anybody else says it is. And so when you determine what success is and what it looks like, that's when you win. And uh, Jasper did a great job of explaining how what success meant to him and very inspirational. So I hope you guys liked it. Look forward to seeing you guys next week. Talk to you later.
0: Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at markstoner.com.